Well, good morning, church. How's everybody feeling today? Did you guys enjoy that worship today? Well, tonight is beach baptism. Come on, y'all. We need to get excited. Grave clothes are coming off today. It's going to be at 630 at Sand Key Park. So if you want to be a part of it, it's going to be a beautiful time of worship. We're going to be seeing, we already have almost 200 people signed up to get baptized today. Yeah. So if you're wondering, is there room for me to get baptized? Absolutely. There is room for you to get baptized. It is going to be an incredible time of worship and celebration. So feel free to come out. Bring your kids. My kids will be running around making sandcastles and stuff. It's going to be crazy. Feel free to come out with your family. But right now we are in a message series that is called Love God, Love People. And in this message series, what we're doing is we're talking about the values of our church. What is crucial in the foundation to this ministry here at this church? But more importantly, who are we called to be as the church? What we know is the church is not a building. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you bring the Holy Spirit with you wherever you go. The church is not stationary. The church is mobile. So wherever you go, you bring the church with you. Week number one, we talked about faith. We are going to have bet the farm, risk-taking faith. We will not limit God with small thinking or safe living. We are going to trust God. We are going to believe God for the impossible. We are going to believe that he will do immeasurably more than we could think or even fathom. Week two, we talked about who we are called to be as the church. We are not just spiritual consumers where it's all about us, but we are spiritual contributors. God has gifted every single person in this room gifts. And it's not just meant to hold near to you, but it's meant to reach out to other people. Week three, we talked about generosity. It is better to give than to receive, right? Amen? <laughs> Because this is what we know. Where your treasure is, that is where your heart will be also. We're not going to store up treasures here on this earth where rust and moths eat away. We're going to store up treasures in heaven. Today, we're going to be talking about the value of reaching people that are far from God. So in this message, we're going to be going through Mark chapter 2. So if you have your Bibles, feel free to open it up to Mark chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 17 and kind of work backwards. So Jesus just healed a man who was, who was paralyzed, and then he called to Matthew, who was a tax collector. Now, of this day, tax collectors were hated. Okay, these guys were evil. They stole, they would steal from their own mother, okay? These guys were despised. We all hate paying taxes, amen? Okay, it was way worse back then. But Jesus called to this man and said, follow me, come and follow me. The religious people of the, of the day, the Pharisees, they were absolutely shocked. Why would he call this sinful man to follow him? Well, Jesus and, and Matthew, they go together. They throw this huge party at, at his house, and they invite some very questionable people, other tax collectors, chief sinners. And the, people were, the, the Pharisees were deeply offended. Why is Jesus going to eat with sinners? And this is what Jesus said, and, and of the day, this was extremely jaw-dropping. This was extremely controversial. This is what Jesus says in Mark 2.17. On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy 
who need a doctor. Let's say this together. But the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. He came for sinners. He didn't come for the healthy. He didn't come for the righteous. He came for the broken. He came for us. You may be righteous now by the blood of Jesus Christ, but I want you to know before that, we were that. He came for us. I have a friend. We grew up in elementary school together and played baseball together in middle school and high school and friends through college. And this person would come with me to, to church all the time. He, he believed in the Lord. He would, he would come up at youth, raise his hands. He'd go to camp. And he believed in God, but he never made it his own relationship. He never was like, you know what, this is who I'm going to be. Very influenced by people around him. And um, it, was, it was very, very sad. But as we began to go to college, he got an athletic scholarship, so he went away to college. And when he went away to college, he began to drink every single day, began doing drugs. I'm talking like hardcore, crazy drugs. Um, after just a one semester of being in college, he got kicked off, the, kicked off the team. He got sent back home. And I'm looking at him. I'm like, what are you doing? What is wrong? This is my best friend, so I'm calling him out. So I'm like, what are you doing, man? This isn't who you are. You know what you believe. You know God. You know he has plans for you. And he looked at me and was like, this is just the life I chose. This life chose me. This is who I'm going to be. As the years progressed, he would get deeper and deeper into his addictions. He began selling, be, began doing even harder drugs. He, multiple DUIs, multiple arrests, all these different things. Now, all these things that you hear, one of the things you may be thinking about is, man, we failed that guy as a church. We, we weren't able to reach that one. We can't win them all. First off, I am that person. You are that person. We are sinful people. Just like my friend who is in desperate need of a savior, we are in desperate need of the same exact savior. That is me. After years, I'm talking decades of a decade of living this lifestyle, I prayed for him every single day. I would reach out to him. He would call me whenever something was really hitting the fan and, and things were going down. I was an ear to listen to. I would reach out to him. I would pray for him. And as of today, he's eight months sober. <laughs> Praise God. He was at church just a little bit more than a month ago. He's come a few times. He's at home probably watching online right now. No one is ever too far gone. No one. That's who he came for. He came for the broken. He came for the sinner. He came for the sick. He came for my friend, and he came for you. Our church, from the very, very beginning, was born out of a desire to reach people because that's who Jesus came for. He came for the sinners. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we are believing that there will be change in healing. You know, we will not be the ones who bring people to repentance. The Spirit of God will do that. But our goal as Christians is to love them where they are. 
We want every single week when people walk through these doors, whether it's a Wednesday or they're here for a small group or they're here for, for AA, whatever it is on a Sunday morning, we want people to feel the presence of God. We want people to feel love. We want people to feel grace. We want people to feel the same exact things that we know that God is. We want them to meet the one who brings the change. Every single week, whether someone is far from God or close to God, we want to create an environment where they can hear the voice of God. Every single week in this church, whether you're in youth group, whether you are in men's, women's, Sunday morning, every service we are going to present the gospel. Every single week. Because without the gospel, there is no point of church. Without the gospel, what is the point of us all gathering? This is why we are here. Every single week, we're going to do an altar call. Every single week, we're going to give people an opportunity to respond. Our goal is to point to the one who brings change. Because it's not me, and it's not you. We want to help people become fully devoted followers of Christ. This is why we are here. In Mark chapter 2, this is going to be our main passage that we're going to be looking at today, starting in verse 1. It says, A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowering the mat the man was laying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Before Jesus even addresses that this man is paralyzed, that this man needs healing in his body, he goes for his biggest need. Our biggest need is not just healing in our bodies. Our biggest need is to be forgiven of our sins. He was going after his heart. So this is our next we statement as a church. And to some people, this could be controversial, but this is it. We will be everything to all people, to reach people who don't know Christ, to reach people no one is reaching. We'll do things no one is doing. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 9. Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone, to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I become like a Jew, to win the Jews. To those under the law, I become like one under the law. Though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I become like one not having the law. Though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law. So as to win those not having the law. All right, so this is Paul saying this. Someone who wrote a huge majority of the New Testament. This is what he says. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessing. If we really care about people, if we really care about the loss, then we will meet them where they are. We will reach out to people. 
get out of your Christian bubble. Every person in this world is different. They've gone through different tragedies, they've gone through different trauma, and they need to be reached differently. In Acts 17, Paul, he's preaching in Athens, and he quoted from two pagan poems. Why would he do that? To reach them, to put it in a way that they could understand. When we reach out to people, we don't reach out to them on our terms. We are reaching them on their turf. So we have to meet them where they are. Jesus, he did not give us a small commission. Not just a decent commission. He gave us a great commission. And in that commission, he gave us an action statement. He said, go. He said, go and make disciples. He didn't say, just keep living your life. Just, just go to church on Sunday morning. Go to, your, go to your beautiful women's small group on Wednesday night. And, and don't look for people who are around you. No, he said, go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey all that I've commanded. And I will be with them till the end of the age. It is a great commission that tells us to go. It doesn't tell us to stay. And we will do whatever we can do to reach the lost. But we will not compromise God's word. We will not compromise God's word. We will not affirm lifestyles. We will not say your sin is okay. Just keep on sinning. Just keep on doing whatever makes you feel good. Absolutely, absolutely not. I'm not telling you to go out and to get drunk tonight and sit next to somebody and say, Jesus loves you, bro. Like, no, no, I'm, that is a sin. That's a sin. But we are going to meet people where they are. I believe as the church, we should love people where they are and love them through it. Love them through the sin, love, love them through the pain so that the spirit of God can bring true repentance. God loves you so much. No matter where you are, no matter what you're living in, no matter how dark your past is, no matter how dark you're currently living, he loves you so much. And he loves you so much, he's not going to leave you there. So my question to you, just like the last three weeks, we, we've had our, have ourselves rating ourselves. So between one to 10, how great is your love for people that are far from God? So just like the last, last few weeks, you're not one or 10 because one is the devil, right? 10 is Jesus. So between two and nine, where are you? So maybe you're like, I don't really know. Like, I feel like I love people who are far from God. Well, here's how I can help you. You might be a six, seven, eight, or nine if, if you've led someone to Christ in the last week or, or the last month or maybe the last couple months or maybe many people. If, if you're praying for several people in your family or, or, or your friend group that are far from God and you're praying for them every single day. If you're bringing someone to church who doesn't know God or is far from God, you, you probably love people who are far from God. Now, on the other spectrum, you may be a two, four, five, three, if, if you haven't ever led anyone to Christ. Um, maybe you, you never bring someone to church, never tell somebody about church, never invite them, or you aren't praying for people who are far from God. Let's be honest with ourselves. Rank yourself. Where do you find yourself? 
It's not just what you believe, but what do your actions truly say that you believe? I'm gonna be honest with you. If, if you are a five or below and you're a follower of Christ, that is unacceptable. It's unacceptable because as Christians, we don't just want to bring people to Jesus. We have to get people to Jesus because we know as Christians what salvation does. We know what repentance does. We know what it does in our life when we put our trust in God. When we aren't looking at the circumstances of the economy or the things taking place in the world, when we find our hope and our truth in the word of God and who God truly is, it changes everything. As Christians, we know how this ends. We know what takes place. There are people in our lives, family members, close friends who are extremely far from God and will not spend eternity with God. They will spend eternity in hell. This is the truth. But we don't want to look at it in the eye. We want to turn our back on it because we're, maybe we're afraid. Maybe we don't know what to say. Maybe there's these concerns in our heart. I'm not going to let concern stop me from loving somebody to Jesus because we know how this ends. So in today's message, I wanna talk about two ways we can reach people with the love of Christ. How can we do this? The first thing is bear some burdens. Bear some burdens. Mark 2, verse three, it says, some men came bringing to Jesus a paralyzed man carried by four of them. These four men literally picked up this paralyzed man and brought him to Jesus. They weren't just like, hey man, you know, Jesus is, is, at, is at the house down the street. You should just wheel yourself over there or maybe they didn't have wheelchairs. You should just crawl over there and, and take yourself to Jesus. No, they did something about it. It could have been the house across the street. It could have been a mile, two, three, four, five miles. They got involved. They got involved. They didn't just say, oh, we care about you. They did something about it. We don't want to get people to Jesus. We have to. We have to do something about it. One of the greatest weaknesses, I believe, is for many, many Christians is that we are afraid to witness. We're afraid to be bold. We're afraid to be loving. We're afraid from people who are far different than us who are living evil lives and things that are wrong by the standards of the Bible. We're afraid to love these people and be there for them and to carry their burdens. We are called to be the lights. The Bible describes us as Christians as we are a city on a hilltop. We are on top of the hill for all of the world to see. And so many of us, we cover our lights because we are afraid of repercussions. We are afraid of what people may think. We are afraid of getting labeled in a certain thing, whatever it is. I proclaim today that we will not cover our lights. Something so, you know, so many Christians, we do this thing, it's called drive-by witnessing. You know, if we're in, you know, we, we drive past people and we're like, Jesus loves you, come to my church. And you're just, you're gone. You're, or, or, or even worse, you know, we get on Facebook and we go to war for the sake of Christ. And we saw a post someone, someone put on, we're like, I'm going to show this person how wrong they are. Mm, send. 
or, we, we, or even worse, we're telling people, hey, you're going to hell, repent. Listen, A for effort, but F for impact, okay? People are skeptical. If they didn't grow up in church, they don't know about God, they don't know who he is. People are skeptical. They need to know that you care. People don't care how much you know. People don't care about how right you are. People don't care how great your theology is and how doctrinally correct you are. People need to know how much you care. We're going to bear some burdens. We don't just invite, we bring. We bring. These four guys, they couldn't get their buddy to Jesus because the crowd was too big. They brought them to Jesus. We want people to hear this truth. We want people to experience this grace. Bear some burdens and earn the right to be heard. Earn that right. So if someone around you is hurting, listen. Take time out of your schedule. Be there for them. Not just saying, seeing them in the church lobby and be like, hey, I'm praying for you, and then we actually never pray for them. Be there for them. Be there for the hurting. If someone is having a baby, go to the baby shower. Get them a present. Check up on mom after the first couple months. See how she's doing postpartum. Is everything okay? I'm here for you. And actually pray for them. If someone's mom passes away, go to the funeral. Get them flowers. Be a shoulder for them to cry on. Don't try to fix everything. Just mourn with those who are mourning. If someone is sick, be there for them. Bring them a meal. There are people around us who are hurting. We pass people every single day who don't know God. We pass them. And what we do actually is we just turn our back on them. A lot of us were so wrapped up in, in being a Christian or, or coming to church. You know, I love my small group and, and we live this life of this circle. And what we're doing when we live this way is we're turning our back on the people who need Jesus the most. We have our own Christian language. We, I call it Christianese. We're just like, yes, Lord, God is good. God is great. Oh, hallelujah. I'm sanctified. I'm delivered. I'm all these different things that most of us don't even really know what it means. We have our backs turned on the people Jesus truly came for. In our hearts, we say we care. But what our actions say is we do not care at all. That's what our actions say. There's people hurting, but we have our back turned to them. People going through different things carry some of their burdens. I think five, six years ago, my wife sent me a picture of a shirt. On this shirt, it said, I love strippers. And you can laugh, it's funny. She sent me, sent me a picture. This shirt said, I love strippers. And at first, I didn't know how to respond. I was like, is she trying to like, I'm, I'm not gonna say me too. I'm not trying to, I want peace in my house. I'm just, so I'm like, uh, uh, yeah, that's great, Anna. What, do you, what is this? What is this I love strippers shirt? And she told me this ministry that she just be, started going to and being a part of is her and about maybe eight or nine, 10 other women, they would go to seven strip clubs in the Clearwater area every Friday night. And they wouldn't just stay in the parking lot, call fire down from heaven, say, Lord, may these people repent and turn from their ways. 
they actually went into the dressing room with the strippers. They met them where they were. They didn't go in there saying, you guys are terrible people. What is wrong with you? No, they brought them cookies. They knew their birthdays. They would bring them gifts. They would be there for them. Now, men, if you're hearing this, this is not what God is calling you to do. (laughs) We will get you involved in the jail ministry. We will find a ministry for you. This is not it. So many incredible stories came out from this ministry. People's lives being changed people turning away from different things, people going back to their first love of God. We're called to put people ahead of ourselves, which is so counterculture in our world of self-love, do whatever makes you feel good, indulge in the things. No, we are going to put others in a higher place than ourselves. We're going to share their burdens. If you have eyes to see, And ears to hear, what you will see and what you will hear is extreme pain. What you will see in this world is extreme confusion. What you will see in this world are people who are so far from God. And we have to get them to Jesus. We have to get them to Jesus. You will not be known by how right you are, but you will be known by how well you love people. Point number two, get away from the norm. Get away from the norm. Some of us in this room, we've been Christians for 50, 40, 30, 20, 10 years, and it's so easy for us to get caught up in the same old mundane relationship with God, the same old thing time and time and time again. This is just something I do. I I go to church. This is just, I want you to know, in your relationship with God, God has more for you. God has something new for you. But even us as the church, we're not gonna be the same old, same old church. We wanna do things differently. Why do we do the things that we do? Why do we structure our service the way we do in youth and in here and all these other services is because we wanna create an environment that people feel comfortable Maybe something that's even familiar to them. We're going to do things differently. I'm going to be very honest with you. I dislike this culture so much. (laughs) I really do. I, I really, really dislike the way our country is going, the way things are taking place in our world. It makes me sick to my stomach. But we are going to meet people where they are. You were put on this earth in this time for a reason. It wasn't just to occupy the pews. It's not just to sit in these chairs. It's to meet people where they are. We're not going to compromise the word of God. We're not going to affirm sin and say, just keep living how you live. But we will meet them where they are. And we will believe for God to do a miracle in their life and lead them to Repentance. It's not us who does the saving or the convicting. It is the Spirit of God. But we will meet people where they are and point them to the one who brings true healing. So let's go back to our story in Mark. These four guys, they would do anything to get their friend to Jesus. Mark 2 4. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it. 
and then lowered the man or the mat the man was laying on. We gotta get him to Jesus. This was not the norm. Just di- people digging through roofs and absolutely not. They did whatever they could. You know, I don't know if, if one of their friends was like a Boy Scout or, or he just had a, a shovel in his pocket. I don't know how they did it. But these roofs, there were these beams that were three feet apart and on top of those beams was mud, thatch, cow manure, and on top of the roofs, grass would grow and it would create waterproof, just great roof. Now, people would even go up on the roof and, and take naps. I don't know how they dug through it. Maybe the Boy Scout came in handy, but nothing was going to stop them. Now, remember, one of those layers was manure, okay? How many of you all know sometimes to reach people, you got to dig through a little bit of doo-doo, right? you got to dig through a little bit of doo-doo to get somebody to Jesus. I'm sure the homeowner was freaking out. Is, is my policy going to cover this type of hole in my roof? What am I going to do? There was a need, and they did what was necessary to help someone get to Jesus. We will be everything to all people. To reach people who are far from God, we will do things no one is doing. In the 80s and 90s, when this church was just beginning, our founding pastor, he came out of the Jesus movement, so he was a hippie. Um, he would, if y'all remember, he played his harmonica almost every service. I loved it. I lo- I'm learning the harmonica, but that's a different story. It, but when he started this church, he's like, I'm going to play music. I'm going to preach in a certain type of way that is going to appeal to people who are far from God. So we were playing contemporary Christian music in the 80s. We were like one of the first churches in the state of Florida to do this. We had drums. Can you believe that? People were like, man, that's satanic. Okay, why in the world do they got drums and an electric guitar? Because we wanted to meet people that were far from God. Flannel Fest is something that's huge in our church. Some people say, man, why would you do that? You're celebrating the devil's birthday. Oh, why in the world would you do that? Last year, we had over 7,000 people here on campus. And every single kid who was here heard the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Hundreds of kids were saved. We're going to meet people where they are. We're not going to compromise the word of God. We're going to meet them where they are. In youth group, I remember my very first week with Pastor Marcella, we had 63 kids. I wrote it on a post-it note because I want to remember because I knew God was about to do something big in this youth group. 63 people. Last Wednesday, we had almost 300 kids here. Some Wednesday nights, we have 500 kids or more. We will do whatever we can do to reach these kids. Anything. If, if you follow us on, on our youth Instagram, you'll see me do some stupid, stupid stuff. I do these TikToks. I do these dances. And I'm like, I'm so stupid. Why in the world am I? It's to reach these kids. If I can give away a pair of AirPods, if I can give away a pair of Jordan 1s, I will give away anything. If someone is going to come, man, maybe I can win some AirPods. Well, you may be coming for AirPods, but you're about to get some Jesus, okay? We're going to do, we do big events. We did a rodeo. We, we, we got a cow, a, one of those little, you know, the Dallas Bowl thing with the bucking kids off. We'll do whatever we can possibly do to reach these people. Helping hands. This is a big expense in our church. This is a huge deal. But we are going to give families food. 
we're going to meet them where they are. We're not just gonna throw a tuna sandwich at them and say, hey, have fun. Yeah, hopefully you feel better, God loves you. No, we're gonna give them 50, 60, 70 pounds of food, meat, produce, help their families out. We're gonna pray for them. We're gonna bear their burdens. We are going to be there with them. And young adults, a few years ago, we used to do something that was called Skeptics Night. Skeptics Night. We would tell people, if you have a friend that doesn't believe in God, maybe they're an atheist or agnostic, whatever it is, or come and ask your questions. And they would try to stump Pastor, Pastor Tim. <laughs> Only one person did. I'm, no, I'm just kidding. No, it was awesome. But I remember being on those panels with him, and I would just look at him and say, all right, Pastor Tim, you, you got this one. <laughs> whatever we can do to reach people, you can go back just a few hundred years. The church was the epicenter for creativity. The church drove the arts. It was the center of the city. It led the way in influencing culture. Now people are shocked when churches are innovated. How in the world can this church be so innovative? How in the world can this church do the things? We're trying to be innovative. God has given us creativity. Even how we do services, it's not traditional. People think it's bad. People think it's wrong. But we're going to meet people where they are. Our Christmas Eve service beautiful. It's a beautiful production. We do arts. We have people dancing, people drawing, throwing paint on things. We're going to show how great our God is. The world is going to be influenced by something. It can either be influenced by the culture of what everyone is saying is correct, or the church can play a part in influencing this culture. We don't want to lead people to Jesus. We have to, because we know who he is is we know what he can do with God everything changes people are hopeless in this world people are looking for truth and they're going into groups that is really just going to make them more broken we have the truth the truth will set you free and we're holding it to our hearts I see a church of people filled who don't judge people without Christ, but love them to Christ. Jesus didn't come for the healthy. He came for the sick. He came for the sinners. And as Christians, we will bear people's burdens and we will get away from the norms. We will be everything to all people to reach people who are far from God. We will do things no one is doing. But we are not doing it unless you are doing it. You have a purpose in this life. You've been given a commission. Go. Not go and be right. Not go and, and tell people that they're going to hell. Not go and... Go and love people. Go and be an influence. Go and preach the gospel. Not a turn and burn message, but look how good our God is. Look what he's done in my life. You have an opportunity to populate heaven and depopulate hell. Would you guys bow your heads and pray with me today? I want to pray for two people. The first, maybe you're in here today 
and feel, man, I, I want to love people more. I want to be the hands and feet of Jesus, but I'm afraid. This isn't normal. This isn't how I was raised. This is, this is going against things that maybe I've believed. I want to pray for strength for you. Lord Jesus, I pray for these people. I pray, God, that you will strengthen their hearts, Lord Jesus, that you will give them courage to love the unlovable, to reach the unreachable, that through their influence, God, that they will point people to you and that your spirit will lead people to a new life, a life of repentance, a life of being forgiven, a life of grace, a life of peace. Give us strength, God. Give us courage. Give us the ability to love. Give us the eyes to see and the ears to hear all the pain and confusion that is taking place in this world. In your name I pray. Every head still bowed. Maybe you're in here today and you've never heard a message like this. You've never heard really who God was. I want you to know he loves you. Before the foundation of the earth, he knew you. He had a plan for your life. And while you were still sinning, living in your ways, he sent his son and he died on a cross for you. He was beaten, torn apart, mutilated, died on a cross, bearing your sins so that you can be forgiven. But the only thing you have to do is accept this gift of grace. Accept this gift of salvation. He's not gonna force it on you, but you have to open it. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe he rose on the third day, you will be saved and God will change your heart. He will take your heart that is dead and not responsive and give you a heart of flesh, a heart ready to do the will of God. He will change your life. If you're in here today and you want to accept that gift of salvation, what I'm going to ask you to do is to raise your hand on the count of three and I'm going to pray for you. One, two, three. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You can put your hands down. If you raised your hand, what I'm going to ask you to do is just talk to God, just you and him. He's your spiritual father. Say, God, forgive me of my sins. I'm turning away from the things of my life that don't honor you. I'm changing the goal of my life, and I'm focusing on you. Today, I declare that you're my Lord. Declare his kingship over your life, and I'm going to pray for you. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the people who are receiving you as their Lord and Savior. Forgive us, God. You came for us, the sick. Forgive us of our sins. Today we repent. We turn away from the things that are ungodly. We are changing the goal, Lord. Begin a purification in our lives. Let us become more like you every single day. Today, God, we declare that you are our God, that you are our Savior. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Andrew. Wasn't that an inspiring message? Wow. Would you stand with me now to receive your blessing? And as you're standing, if the altar prayer team would come to the front, I want to invite you, after we dismiss in just a second, 
If you'd like prayer for any reason, come see one of these altar prayer team members that's at the front. That's what they're here for. And if you raised your hand, if you pray that prayer, even in your heart for the first time, I want to invite you to come up and talk to one of our altar prayer team members. We have a book for you for free called A Fresh Start with God. We'd like to put this in your hands. We think it will really be a blessing to you. But to receive your blessing now, if you would just open your heart. Some people like to turn their palms upward in an attitude of receiving, and you're welcome to do that. May the Lord bless you with his heart for the lost. May he tear down any defenses or offenses you may have towards those who are far from Jesus. Be filled with his love. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. We love you, church. Look forward to seeing you tonight at Beach Baptisms.